This episode was supposed to be recorded during the first lockdown, but we didn't make it in the end. But as two days ago, the second lockdown in Italy started, we tried again. So today I'm here with Eleanor from France. We met each other during our master studies in Milan three years ago, I think. Yeah, it's already three years ago. Yeah, three yeah. years, probably two years and a half, something like yeah. that. Crazy time runs. Eleanor, introduce yourself, please. Hi, um, I'm Eleanor. I'm, I don't know if I have to say like my age. I'm 25. I feel like that's really relevant. Um, <laughs> I'm from Paris uh, and uh, I live in Milan. And um, as Cathy said, we, we met uh, during our master's in creative advertising uh, in Milan, which was very interesting adventure <laughs> i feel like the word is interesting i think it sums it up quite well honestly <laughs> yeah. but also interesting to say you're half italian and half french right i am like half uh, italian from my mother's side and half french but i've always like i mean now i can't say that anymore but i've always like i was born and raised in france um and my mom did not teach me Italian because she had a very like let's say um complicated relationship to like Italy uh she loved it but like the side of the family in Italy let's say it was like just not it was a bit of a complex story so she didn't like speak in, uh, Italian that much um and she didn't want to teach me like bad Italian so I just learned eventually when I decided to move there like 22 years later um and now I feel more Italian than ever uh but yeah <laughs> but my parents are like yeah I have one French dad and uh, an Italian mom and uh, but I'm very French okay um before moving to Italy I remember that um you moved to Canada right yes so I left France seven years ago when I was like uh 17 um I wanted to like study outside of France but I didn't really know where. And I was watching uh, Degrassi. I don't know if you know this show. No. Degrassi Next Generation. It's a massive, like, it's a show that's so well-known well known in, like, uh, North America. And I was watching it, and I was wondering where it was shot, because I thought everything I saw on TV was American. And it was, in, uh, it was shot in Toronto. And so hmm. I thought, that looks cool. Like, that looks like they're having a pretty good life. <laughs> Which is not so true because, like, a guy gets shot, like, in the show, like, a lot of abortion going on. It's it, oh, They don't have a great life going on uh, in Degrassi. But I thought, like, the world of the show was pretty cool. And I randomly told my mom, hey, mom, can I study in Canada? And she was like, what you going to do there, you know? <laughs> and I eventually found something and moved to Canada just based on, like, what I saw. And not even in Toronto, like, just in Montreal. And... Lived there for four years, and then I decided to go back to Europe, um, which was uh, like I just wanted to know if Montreal. I was gonna miss Montreal, and uh, I also uh, wanted to go back, but not go to France. And mm -hmm. I thought, okay, well, I'm just gonna explore that part of my heritage, of my very white heritage. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and explore Italy and see if I like it. And I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, so, I mean, you're still here now. Yeah. So you never regret your decision and you will say now, oh, I would like to go back to Canada? You know what? I'm going to tell you something. I love Montreal. It's in my heart. I think about it every day. It's the best place in the world. I love it so much. I miss it so much, but it's so cold. It's so, so cold. It's like minus 40 in the winter and you just can't feel your body. Your face is like, I'm already white, but I get even whiter. Um, <laughs> you just you just suffer in the in the winter. So I think that's like the one problem. And also because I made like kind of a, a family and a group of friends there for the longest time, for four years, which is pretty like, pretty big you know pretty long and after that time everyone started to leave and it just felt like it was getting empty in some way and of course you can make new friends and everything but making new friends when you're not in uni anymore is a bit is also a bit difficult and I just felt I wanted to I know everyone was going back to Europe or their own countries um, and I just felt okay well maybe if I'm in Europe I'm gonna see more of them um, you know, you have that, I mean, when there is not a quarantine or lockdown, you have that opportunity in Europe <laughs> to travel and see your friends. <laughs> I, I guess that's why I didn't go back. Nah, but Montreal, it's the um, French speaking part in Canada. So for you, it was even like a bit like home because you could speak your language or you even spoke English all the time. Um, okay. So Montreal is the one city, okay. Is in the, is part of uh, the province of Quebec. And Quebec is fully like um, francophone, mm-hmm. but Montreal is the one city that resisted kind of like that uh, culture, let's say, and it's absolutely bilingual. So everywhere you go, people will speak to you in two languages. So if you go to the restaurant, they're gonna say or a shop, they're gonna say bonjour, hi, ah. before because they check which language you speak. And uh, I was even like uh, a like I was um, a sales a saleswoman. I don't know if you say saleswoman. Yeah, uh, in the store, and I had to say everything that I was saying in both languages, like even promotion. Have you heard uh, of our promotion? Blah blah blah. Uh, avez-vous entendu parler de notre promotion? Uh, it was very annoying. <laughs> But so you have like and you have like different neighborhoods. Um, where you speak like just French, you're going to have a lot more uh, French-speaking people. And others, uh, where I was, for example, which is downtown, wh- where it was like fully, like very international and um, you'd speak only English. And my university was English-speaking fully. Uh, so okay. so it, was, you, it depends. Your experience can be very different in, the, in Montreal. You can be in a part, like I've had some friends who were just in the French part They had like such a French experience where they were with a lot of French people and speaking French all the time, even going to like French speaking universities. And my, my experience was completely the opposite, you know? No, because like if you remember last year, I went to Montreal, I asked you for some recommendations. Yeah, and what, I remember. It was so strange because, you know, I've been to Toronto and then like Vancouver, so English all the time. And then I arrived yeah. there and I was like, oh, why do they speak French now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a bit weird huh? it was a bit weird but I like it it's really cool but everyone speaks English yeah, there yeah that's a good thing so everyone is bilingual it's it's just I think it's such a beautiful thing that you have this place where everyone speaks both languages mm-hmm. you know like 
for sure. And I think it's really cool. No, absolutely. So now back to Italy, no, more important, back to uh, um, France. I have a true or false game for you, okay? Okay. About French people. Okay. Are you going to ask me if we shower? <laughs> you no, 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 I won't. Now okay. later you need to explain. <laughs> okay. Okay, French people are romantic. Um, no. This, I, listen, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I've never really experienced French romance, I would oh, say. Oh, really? Because I, I was very, like, I didn't have any, like, specific story with anyone until I was 17. So I experienced love outside of France. I don't know if they're very romantic. Uh, I wouldn't say they're more romantic than everyone okay. else. Let's keep it like this. French people are rude. That's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And some people will say, listen, but maybe just in Paris. And I will say to them, no. <laughs> they're more like they're ruder in Paris, but they're not just rude in Paris. Really? I will say that. Of course, there are some very lovely French people out there. Absolutely but I'm speaking as a whole, mm -hmm. I would say they're rude. That's funny because really if you speak like for, to Italians, for example, um, uh, I was making like, I was speaking with a guy and he was like, ah, oh, where are you from? We were just texting. And then he, um, I was like, ah, oh, I'm from the country where, that all Italians hate. And he's like, France. And I'm like, exactly. Be here. No, the second one. And he's like, okay, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. No. Yeah, but in Milan, I feel like in the north of Italy, they don't have that relationship to Germany. Like they're closer, in a way. Like they they have common values. I don't know. In the like, north with of all the people I speak, they are like, no, you know, Germans. They are boring. They are they are very cold. They are like, mm, no. <laughs> I just wonder who Italians like. That's my question. Because <laughs> I love Italians, but they really fucking hate everyone. But how is it for you when you introduce yourself and you say, yeah, I'm from, from France? Like, do they well, <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something. Usually I don't even have to say it because I speak Italian. but And I like to believe that I have a really good accent. And trust me, a lot of people remind me that I don't. And they're like, oh, you're from France. And you're like, uh, I was trying to like make it a surprise. Mm -hmm. But I guess I want... So usually they they don't like they're not going to be rude to me you know what I mean like because Italians are not like that but they will say everything that they think about France oh, oh you're from France like you know like how like football is so much better in Italy and like <laughs> why do you think that French cuisine is so much better than Italian and I'm like I never said that yeah <laughs> please leave me alone. <laughs> No, but but that's funny. That's really funny. So just so you pretend to be Italian here, right? I try. Okay. I try physically. I pass without a problem. Uh, but um, my accent really just like sells me right away. Okay, next one. French people can only speak French. That's very true as well. But I think that's um, yeah, that's completely true. And I think that's something that's very. Um, very true for all of the south of Europe, though. Because if you think about it, like, Italians are not that great at English as well. Spanish oh, people as well. 
Portuguese people as well, French people. But then you go up north, you go like Germany, Amsterdam, like Belgium and everything, and people speak really good English. Uh, but French people cannot speak any other languages. Um, that is also true because, I mean, I've just been to Paris like five years ago and honestly I can't really remember a lot. But many people say like, okay, if you speak to them in uh, in English, if you want to order something, they kind of pretend that they don't understand you because they want that you do the effort to try to speak French. Well, the thing is, the um, reputation is that we don't like to make the effort. I think that something that they don't say but it's more uh true is that they're a bit embarrassed you know like uh french people is, i don't know how to say that but they're very private like they they don't have that thing where they they admit their weaknesses um and because there's also like the whole pride of being french and uh for them like having to put themselves in the spotlight and having to speak something and not being certain that they're doing it well um, is a problem, I think, definitely. So I think that's why, like, they, they probably have, like, notions because we're learning in school, we learn it in school, and now people are getting much better because, obviously, like, in universities and everything, they're adapting and make it making it more of an important, like, thing to learn. But definitely, I think they're just embarrassed No, but makes sense. I mean, I, I understand that. Um, next one. French people are addicted to baguette. That's true. I miss it so much. Yeah, but it's really a thing. Or like the brioche, no? Yeah, but it's just so good. The brioche, like the brioche in uh, in Italy, like it just doesn't, it just, it's not it. You know what I mean? No. It's, not the, it's not the French croissant that's like full of butter And it's so good and greasy. It's just delicious. And it's very simple. In Italy, they have to put things inside to make it better. And honestly, like, I don't even know what they put inside. Like, I look at it and it's just very questionable sometimes. No, so the one in, in, in France, they are plain ones. There's nothing inside. They are not yeah, there's anything. never anything inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah Croissant yeah. is always empty. And the baguette is delicious. I mean, it depends where you buy it, of course. But it's just so good. And it goes with everything. Okay, perfect. Well, so the next question, I'm sure this this for sure. Um, French people are addicted to wine. Yes, they, they are. They are, but um, I'm the exception because I don't like wine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I don't know why. And everyone hates me for it. I just really don't like wine. But um, it is something that's absolutely very very french so what do you usually drink uh i do drink beer a lot and i drink like other cocktails and everything but overall like i don't really drink that much i mean um you know i drink like i don't drink during meals i don't like to to mix alcohol with meals so i'm weird about that mm -hmm. but everyone's gonna take like wine i'm gonna take a coke and they're gonna be like how dare you <laughs> mixing this delicious meal with a coke and i'm like Watch me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. French people are lazy. Is that a thing? French people are lazy? Well, I don't know. That's what Google told me. <laughs> Google told you. Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think that... Um, I mean, if you're, like, thinking as a comparison to, like, the American uh, 
lifestyle, like how Americans just like really, really live to work. And like French people absolutely do not do that. They work to live like, you know, in a certain amount of time, but it's not the center of their, uh, of their world. So I would say we're, we just have like a conception of what having a good quality of life is and uh, enjoying like time that's not just working time. But honestly, like French people work. I would say they work and they work a lot. Okay, good. The next thing, the next is a bit disturbing, maybe. <laughs> um, French people do not remove dog poop. Do not remove dog poop. That is very true. It's absolutely <laughs> true. No, French people are dirty. I'm going to tell you something. They do shower, and I will absolutely um, confirm that they do shower. I myself <laughs> occasionally shower. <laughs> you know, like two times a week at least. Um, <laughs> but the dog poop is true. If you go in the streets of Paris and everything, it's so dirty. It's really, really dirty. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. It's okay. sad, but interesting. <laughs> French people eat frog legs. Yes, they do. I do too, and it's delicious. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. With a garlic and like pepper, salt. So this is like a typical dish that you have in France. Listen, I don't think it's typical in the sense that it's not something that you eat every day. It's not something that a lot of people eat all the time. It's just I think we're known for that because it's weird, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not something like it's not a typical thing. Like you, you won't expect your grandma to have made this. You know what I mean? Uh, for lunch, if you go like on like for for lunch with her on the weekend, mm-hmm. she'll make something like far more different and more simple. But f- like frog legs is a thing, and it's very good. It tastes like a small chicken. Oh really? Yeah. But then you have it like very crunchy. It's not crunchy. No, 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 no. It's very no. tender. No, it's good. There's not a lot of meat, obviously, because it's a yeah. lot of But you think you can find um, frog legs in Milan? Is there a French restaurant in Milan? I have no idea. You know what? I've wondered this, but I've never looked it up. Maybe there is. I'll try. I'll try it. Yeah, do it. Because now I'm curious, honestly. I don't yeah. know if I want to try it, but maybe. <laughs> I'm curious what I would fa- find if I was like, True. if I were to find the French restaurant. I don't know what kind of cuisine they would. Offer. True, what they? Yeah, true. But that's the same because everybody asks me, "So, oh, you sometimes go to a German restaurant in Italy?" And I'm like, "No, I never looked for one." You know, exactly. It's just I've never had like even in France. If I was going to the restaurant, I wouldn't go to. A French restaurant. I would go to a Chinese, Japanese, something. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. Like French food is also like I don't know about German food. I don't know. I've never been to Germany, but uh, I need to, by the way. But yeah, that's crazy that you at least go to Berlin, okay? Exactly, because like you know, I've been like in so many places in the world, but not Germany, which is so close, yeah. by the way. But I just don't know what kind of food is interesting in France. Like, I don't know. What about the what if, if I would ask you, okay, what is the typical food? I mean, of course, we talk about, like, baguette in general, probably cheese, no? Yeah, absolutely cheese. And I would tell you, like, boeuf bourguignon or, like, coq au vin. But 
these are like old things that we don't even really eat in our households like that often anymore you know what i mean Ah, okay so next one french people are heavy smokers yes french people were all french people were the black beret now i I pronounced it wrong no (laughs) 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 i don't think i've ever seen like a french person wear like maybe once or twice you know what i mean like as a fashion statement but like it's absolutely not a thing (laughs) so you don't have one you never had one i had like i had one like probably like 10 years ago but it was like leopard print okay Because I'm that bitch. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it's not a thing. Like, I just bought it because it looked like Blair Waldorf. Yeah, <laughs> and I was obsessed. <laughs> and that's it, you know? So not even French-inspired. But it's funny because, honestly, I know many people, Germans, um, that are wearing those this kind of hat also right now in that period. Like, for winter, they, they, they really yeah, that's a thing. Maybe I'm completely out of fashion. <laughs> Don't think so. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Okay, true or false game is over. One important question. Okay. I mean, you said you are from Paris. Um, if you say, okay, because I know, well, people told me that France is like super, super different if you go to the north, if you go to the south. Yes. Um, which area is for you the really best one? Uh, so in France and in, in all of France, mm-hmm. um, well, one place that I have in my heart is definitely like the southeast of France, which mm-hmm. is like Côte d'Azur and everything. Um, we used to have a, a house there and it's definitely like my favorite place to be. Um, I don't know if how it is like the whole year, you know? Because I was obviously a tourist there, so I was only there the summer, like Easter. But it's definitely the nicest place. People are always in a good mood, um, even though they can also be rude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in a very good mood, and it's just like a very easy lifestyle. I'm not talking about like Saint Tropez, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's not the point. But the beaches are marvelous. It's so beautiful. It smells good everywhere um it's just it's just the best and the food is really good as well so yeah have you ever been no like really it's just one time to paris but that's it okay well next time trust me no i I should really do that because also from here it's not even so far with the car it's not far like four yeah four hours Ah, yeah no i know I go there and you go to Berlin, okay? Okay, perfect. <laughs> we'll do that when we don't have to, like, when we're not risking our lives anymore. True, true. <laughs> no, but now, I mean, you're here for three years in Italy. So if you compare the lifestyle in Italy with the lifestyle back home, what's different for you? Um, I think that it's much uh, more relaxed here. Mm-hmm. Italian people have this image of Milan that it's very stressful because they're like probably comparing it to Sicily where Mm -hmm. it's not very stressful. (laughs) But um, no, I think people are very relaxed. It's a small city. It's uh, like it has the big city lifestyle, but it's a small city. I mean, you can like 
go over Milan, like just go from south to north in like one hour and a half max, you know, by foot, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Um, it's, I just, there's something about it that's so relaxing, but you can also access everything and have all the things that you would find in, in a big city. And it's, it's very, uh, forward. It's really progressive right now. Um, I just miss one thing that I also didn't find, like I did not find in Milan, uh, in, uh, in Paris, but I did certainly find in Montreal is diversity. Cause if we're thinking about like Milan is great, but it's great for me because I'm white and I have this privilege, you know, but if you're in Milan and you're brown, like if you're brown, you already have it better than if you're black. But as long as you're not white, it's very difficult. I'm sure it's very difficult. There's no one that looks like you. You feel like probably like marginalized because You know, like Italians, just like French people, I'm going to say it also French people. It's not a critique of Italian uh, life, but there's no, there's no real like international students. Like there, the, there are international students, but we've seen them in our masters and they don't really get the opportunity to mix. You know, Italian people are not mixing. They don't mix at all. And, um, And I think like you have it hard if um, if you do if you do if you're a person of color. And I miss that because I think one of the most beautiful things that I've experienced in my life is being um, not confronted because it would be the wrong choice of word, but living with people that are different than me. You know that are teaching me things that I don't know that um, that are giving me like so much to think about on, in terms of culture. And I really miss that. And I think Milan is missing that. I'm luckily working in advertising. So people in advertising are very open-minded. I mean, at least in my agency, people in my agency are super, super open-minded, super educated, very like cultured and open to everything, you know. But when you walk in the streets, I remember being at the protest for Black Lives Matter And it's the first time that I saw black people in Milan, you know, but there were so many and I thought I've never seen them before, you know, so they, they are in Milan. Why do I not see them? Like, what's the, what's the issue that's preventing this from happening? And I think that I really, I really miss that because I would say that France, I'm not saying that France is not racist. France is also extremely racist. Um, <clears throat> let's be real. Uh, we we see it every day, but it's more mixed. Um, you know, you have a lot of um, you ha you have a lot of uh, uh, North African population that's pretty big, mm -hmm. and, uh, in France, and in that way, um, it's people are more open to like. I've I've always had friends that were like uh, North African and everything in France here, like. I'm, I'm, I meet, like, I'm, you know, I'm diversity for them. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, the French girl, you know, but I'm like, yeah. I'm white, you know, I'm bringing zero diversity to your country. Like, I'm far, I'm far away, four hours away from here, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm zero diversity and I, I kind of miss that. I think, you know, that was like a really good part of Montreal that to know that you can learn a lot from other people and you're always close to it. You're right, that's still really a big issue. 
to prepare myself for the podcast today, I was also um, taking some notes um, about this kind of stuff because you're one of those people that I follow on um, social media that always kind of raise the voices for like feminism, um, Black Lives Matters, all that stuff. So I think for this, it's really good that um, social media can be used for this. But I'm asking myself sometimes, what can we really do, you know, out there? I mean, of course, we can share something, post something, but what can we do? I know, I know, because, you know, you with social media, the good thing is that you have the opportunity to say something, but also saying something is good because, you know, it's like the beginning of doing something, but it's not everything. I mean, posting, like, for Black Lives Matter, Black Square, I did it, you know, But, like, I have to think after that, what can I do that's actually going to do something? And feminism is the same. Like, I can post so many memes and, like, so many things and, like, write about it and be, like, vocal about it. But I think what's so important is that we need to ask ourselves how we, how we can participate in, like, making things better around us everywhere, you know, other than just posting on social media. Because that's so easy, you know, it's two, two steps. You're just like, share to list. And, and then you look like you're super woke, you know, but it's good to look woke, but you have to be woke as well. But yeah, I'm, I, I have hope for Italy that I see, like at least in Milan, because obviously I cannot speak for the whole Italy. I, I see that it's, it's really moving forward really fast. And, um, And like in my advertising company, I see also how clients are handling a lot of like new questions and a lot of things about like feminism and diversity and everything. And this gives me hope, you know, because I see that there's such a genuine approach that's not just marketing based, but just like based on ethics. And that's uh, giving me hope. It's it's obviously just the beginning. and. But it's good. But it's also interesting to see now with the elections um, in the USA. Like oh, it was crazy. Right. Instagram was really full of it. Like everybody was kind of saying something. No, it is. I can't believe it. Yesterday was the best day. To know that Trump is out is such a beautiful thing. Finally, really. Finally. Finally. No, but that's you can really use social media at least to start to raise your voice. But it's it's interesting because think about many years ago, no one like like not everybody started to talk about um, politics or that stuff on social media. You know, people shared what they had for lunch and stuff like this. But it really changed. Yeah, it changed a lot. But like I think we also all changed um, because when you look at the Gen Z now, like their experience of high school, it's amazing they're openly gay uh, I'm not saying that it's easy but it's not something that we could have done in high school you know I feel like in high school it was definitely a like a subject that would trigger bullying like if someone was gay they were gonna get bullied for sure you know mm -hmm. uh, Gen Z is so open about this like I see on TikTok because I'm TikTok obsessed how <laughs> many guys that they're like putting makeup on even straight guys and everything so I think they're blurring all the lines and they're also giving us you know millennial millennials the, the the like this opening of like I think it's the two-way street you know we we help them 
go where they needed to go to be this mm-hmm. open but they're also helping us you know like because they're teaching us a lot of things and um and it's so nice to see that i think it's really cool that now we all progressed a lot in that way and that we're able to like share things and like i have my parents on instagram but i'll be like swearing and saying stuff and and be like trump has the smallest dick energy you know and i i know my parents are gonna see that and Yeah. They don't care, you know what I mean? But like I would have posted this like 10 years ago. My parents were like, Eleanor, don't use that kind of language. But now they're yeah. like, Yeah, tell them Eleanor, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like I feel like us in high school, we were just very quiet about our opinions. And uh, and it was very scary to be like, racism exists, you know. Everyone would be like, No, that's not true. What are you saying? you know? Or like you guys are being sexist, I'd be like, Oh, she's being crazy. And I feel like now you have the opportunity as a 15-year-old to not be called crazy for that kind of shit. No, absolutely, absolutely. But I think this is the thing. Of course, we learn now from this generation, but I think not the problem, but of course for our parents, it's again a whole nother level, you know, to understand sure. what is going on. Like they a generation that is like, who are they, you know? They can't keep up, I think, you know, because there's no. such a gap between like from their generation to ours, we progress like 10 times faster because of technology, you know? Um, so for us, Gen Z is very normal. Like we understand how they, they got there um, and how quick they got there. But for our parents, it's like there's a world between us, you know? They just, they don't, they don't, they have such a hard time understanding why we're going so fast with um, with progress and, all the new things, you know, because for them, a lot of things are new, but they're not new. They're just like out in the open. They're just like talked about. And yeah. No, absolutely. One thing I also wanted to ask you, because I know that one of your passion is to write poems. Yes. Um, what are you writing about normally? Okay. So I, I would love to say that I, I write about like all the things that I just talked about and I'm a very engaged uh, writer unfortunately i'm a very narcissistic writer (laughs) i talk about my little problems in life no i it's a lot about love it's a lot about mental illness um it's a lot about dreams that i have i have very weird detailed uh colorful dreams and usually that's like the inspiration to a lot of things that i write okay um for example i've been very happy for the past uh few months and years so i haven't written anything <laughs> i usually write oh, really when, i usually write when i'm miserable <laughs> so um yeah that's what the kind of things that i write about so and uh i like i just finished i'm gonna publish a book i hopefully by the end of the year but that's very hopeful um, cool that is super nice that's just a collection of poems and it took me five years to write it because it's like sometimes I feel miserable but not every day of my life for yeah. years. so it's very long it was a very very long process and now it's being illustrated so it's really cool amazing oh god I'm curious yeah same I'm curious too to see how it looks and like to see how it is and if it's a little bit received you know by people even 30 people would be an amazing thing if 30 people read my book i would be so happy absolutely so end of the year december 
Uh, yeah, but listen, I think that's very hopeful. So maybe like beginning of 2021. Okay, well, that's also soon. So very good. So now we're at the end of the podcast. Um, I have no questions left. Is there anything that you would like to share with us? Um, um, listen, uh, to be honest, just like uh, subscribe to Caddy's channel. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe and comment come to brazil under the video please um i don't know if you know that but fans like in brazil are crazy and they'll always comment all the videos on youtube are famous really so you know you made it if you have someone that says come to brazil under your video Okay, great. So I learned something today. I had really no idea about that. I have one last question because yesterday um, we texted on Instagram and then you told me, oh, I will delete my profile for a while. You're one of those people, you do it a couple of times a year, right? Why do you do that? Yeah, I do that sometimes when I feel a bit overwhelmed, I guess. I just try to like get unused to it. Because mm -hmm. um, usually I'm pretty chill on Instagram. I post a lot, but I'm not scrolling the whole day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram. I post a lot of shit, but I don't look at everyone else's shit. I try <laughs> not to. And I also like block a lot of people's stories, not because I don't like them, but because I know that maybe it will trigger anxiety, like anxiety, yeah. like fear of missing out on certain things. And so I prefer to like, hide things that maybe are gonna like I'm a very stressed out person so I try to not see or you know when I used to have like 300,000 crushes um I would not like necessarily look at their stories either because then you're like what is he doing <laughs> why am I not there why is he not answering so instead of being a crazy bitch I decided that sometimes you just need to just cut it off. And right now I just felt overwhelmed because I felt like I was going back on Instagram a lot to look at nothing. Like mm -hmm. you, know, you sometimes you realize that you were there just to be there. And I was watching a show and I was on my phone at the same time. And I was like, no, I need to watch this show. And so I thought, okay, this is becoming a problem right now. So I'm just gonna unplug. I have everything I need outside of my Instagram. So exactly. And honestly, I, I really like it because I think this is the problem about our, like, how we use it, social media at the moment. You know, it's just like a second screen. We, like, use it constantly. I always have the feeling, or not always, but many times, you know, I, I'm on Instagram, I close Instagram, and literally two seconds later, I open it again. And then I'm like, why? For what? Exactly. And then you look, like, at all the beautiful girls, and you're like, they're so beautiful and like I don't I I don't have that thing where I'm comparing myself so much but sometimes it just triggers it you know you're like I want to be like that too oh my god she's so skinny and you're like and it's like no like just be happy for her love that for yeah. her and I do love that for her but I just want to love that for myself when no. I look at myself too you know? <laughs> no it's really a thing no but But I like that idea. I did it once for one week and then I got bored and I started again. <laughs> But and that's why I have TikTok. TikTok is great because it's super non-toxic. It uh, makes you look at things that only like interest you because obviously the algorithm is stalking you in a very fucked mm -hmm. up way. 
but you can look up like at a lot of like interesting inventive thing of people that you don't know so you don't feel mm -hmm. anything towards them you know what i mean if, yeah. if anything either you feel angry so you're like fuck you you're a racist bitch you know mm -hmm. and i do that and i love to do that uh because also it like makes me like <laughs> exorcise my anger mm -hmm. uh But you look at people and you're like, I'm I'm happy for you, dude. Like you have your small business and you're showing me how to like tie and dye my t-shirt, and that's cool, you know. So you're just looking at people that that are also very like 10 years younger than you usually. Yeah. But they're doing things. They're being creative. They're talking about stuff. They're telling you stories, and you have like zero emotional like connection mm -hmm. to them. It's just like very entertaining. And super non-toxic. Then I don't know, you know, because also I don't have followers and I don't follow a lot of people. So I don't have that relationship to it like Instagram. But Instagram is very much like, look at me, look at me. And I'm I'm the first. I'm the first to be like, look at me. I, I looked hot that one day. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know that people do it because I do it too, you know. No, I know. It's a thing. But it's true with TikTok. I just, I don't know. I, I think during the first lockdown, I downloaded it. I still didn't get it 100%, but it's, you're right what you said. Like you just scroll through it without thinking too much. Exactly. It's very thoughtless compared to Instagram. Instagram, there's all the emotional thing of the people that you chose to follow and the people that follow you and like being scared that maybe you're annoying with your story. Like, I don't know if people are like me. I don't know if you're like me on that one, but I'm going to be like posting stuff and I'm like, maybe they all think that I'm super annoying, that my story is so long, um, that I'm an attention whore. And then I realized, Eleanor, you are an attention whore and that's okay. That makes you overthink exactly no. no perfect well Eleanor thank you so so much for your time well thank you so much for uh, listening to me speaking about my favorite subject myself <laughs> <laughs> please subscribe to Caddy's channel and buy my book it's all about exactly. me <laughs> no thank you so much thank